you know, the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, well, my favorite version of that is in the message version of the Bible because it makes statements like this. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope with less of me, with less of us, there's more of God. This is my second favorite version of the Beatitudes. Let's all stand. You are not alone. If you are lonely, when you feel afraid, you're not the only. We are all the same, in need of mercy, to be forgiven and be free. It's all you've got to lean on, but thank God it's all you need. And all the people said, Amen. And all the people said, Amen. Give thanks to the Lord, for His love never ends. And all the people said, Amen. If you're rich or poor, well, it don't matter. Weak or strong, you know, love is what we're after. We're all broken, but we're all in this together. God knows we stumble and we fall. And he so loved the world, he sent his son to save us all. And all the people said, Amen. And all the people said, Amen. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love never ends. And all the people said, Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit who are torn apart. Blessed are the persecuted and the pure in heart. Blessed are the people hungry for another start. For theirs is the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And all the people said, Amen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And all the people said, Amen. Give thanks to the Lord, for His love never ends. And all the people said, Amen. Yeah! And all the people said, Amen. And all the people said, Amen. Give thanks to the Lord, for His love never ends. And all the people said, Amen. And all the people said, Amen. 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 Our reading this morning is from 1 John chapter 3, and I'm reading starting in verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. If any one of you has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in you? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. That ends the reading. Um, This morning, I am here to talk about everyone's favorite sermon topic, right? Money. Most of you probably get up at church and you're like, I hope the pastor talks about money today. Right? Anyone? 
Yeah, Vahan did. All right, excellent. All right. You're in for a treat, Vahan. All right? So we've been in the midst of this series, Love is Why We're Here, and, and ultimately each and every week we reflect back on the fact that everything we do as a church starts with love. It starts with God's incredible love for us, and it's right here in the verse we just read, right? And this is what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's the ultimate example of love. That's the ultimate example of a gift. I don't know if any of you have ever received an excellent gift before. Can you remember getting a great gift? Growing up, maybe, an excellent gift. I, I remember lots of different gifts I got. I remember, um, you know, my wife is not a big gifts person, and so when we were dating, I would give her all these gifts, and finally she was like, you know, I really don't like gifts. And I'm like, man, I've wasted a lot of money. But um, I remember in particular one time I wanted these pair of shoes, and they were these, uh, these basketball shoes, Nike Air Hirachis. Anyone ever have those? Haha, <laughs> only me. All right. <laughs> And I remember I wanted them, and I wanted them so bad, and, and, and sure enough, Sarah gave them to me as a gift, and I was like, this is amazing. I can remember other gifts. I remember, you know, one Christmas, I'd asked for a bunch of different things, and, and I had, you know, the standard ask that you ask for every year, right? A puppy, right? You ask for that every year? And, I, and there, there was no puppies every Christmas. I just kind of got used to it. And, and I got the things I wanted that year. I got like a Nintendo and I got some clothes I really wanted. And then there was this one last box, right? Just like the Red Rider BB gun, that last box. And this last box, let me open it up, and it is a puppy. And I made sounds and noises that no 15-year-old male should be able to make. Opera singers would be jealous of the sounds that came from my voice. And, and I was just so excited. I can remember gifts, and I can also remember giving gifts. And when you give a gift, and it's, it's just right, and it's exactly what the person wants, there's almost nothing better than that, right? You give someone a great gift, and they, they just appreciate it so much. And, and God gave us the ultimate gift in his son, Jesus. And we think about the sacrifice that Jesus made, and, and I think we have a tendency to focus on the fact that, that Jesus gave himself up willingly, and he suffered, right? He was beaten. He was mocked. They spit on him. And we, and we focus on the pain of the crucifixion, and certainly it was an incredibly painful thing. But I think we can't even grasp the most significant pain that Jesus went through. Because of our humanness, right? We're all in, in, in our humanity, we're steeped in sin, and Jesus was not. Jesus became a human man, put his divinity aside, becomes a human, lives a perfect life, and then as he's on the cross, he takes our sin upon him. Something that he has never known that is so foreign to him, he takes our sins. And he pays not only the physical punishment, but the spiritual punishment for sin. When he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's not because he's in pain. It's because he's just taken on our sins. And for the first time in his life, he's separated from God. God turns his face away. The whole earth becomes dark. Jesus takes our sins upon him. What an incredible gift. 
the ultimate and perfect example of love. And, and in the same breath, as we find the greatest act of giving in history, Jesus giving his life, what, is, what does Jesus say? The very next verse. And so you ought to give your lives to your brothers and sisters. Now he's certainly not, I don't think, talking about us giving up our life and dying for someone. Although one of you might be a good enough person to die for someone else. You know, certainly we've had people, first responders, soldiers, that over the years have died for our country, for our freedoms. And what a, what a great gift that is. But more than that, he's talking about the act of giving up your life in a, in a sacrificial way. That I'm sacrificing my will for something else, my desires for something that's bigger than me. Because of God's incredible love for us, then we are in turn motivated to give and to love one another. Not only that, but God continues to give to us, right? I love the picture that we are painted in Scripture of the fact that as Jesus is coming into his last days, he's still trying to help the disciples understand what's going on. They, they're still not getting the whole big picture that Jesus is here for more than just going around and giving sermons, right? He's here to reconcile his day, to be the way maker, to make a way where there's not a way, to re- redeem people, to reconcile people to God. And so he's getting ready to die and he says, listen, when I go away, it's going to be better for you. And the disciples are like, what are you talking about? And Jesus tells them in in John 14 and again in John 16 that he's sending the Holy Spirit. And as Christians, we have the benefit of the Holy Spirit in us. What God does is, is he gradually through the power of the Holy Spirit, changes us and makes us more and more like him, right? And the Bible talks about that in Galatians 5. It refers to it as the the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, this is what your life begins to look like. You have a life that's marked by love. A life marked by joy. A life marked by peace. Patience. Kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Now, when you think about the fruit of the Spirit, you think about all these things. Who wouldn't want a life that had those things? Right? And God gives that to us. It's, it's a gift that keeps giving. As we walk with Christ more and more, as, as the Holy Spirit works in our lives, we become more loving, more joyful. We experience more peace. I remember a a few years back, I was just having a time with God and and, and God was working on my life, right? Because we don't get this stuff instantly. It's not like you become a follower of Christ and all of a sudden you're purely loving and purely joyful, right? And one of the areas that God was working on in my life was, was patience. And I can tell you just as God has, has given me more patience, I'm certainly not there yet. Some of you are like, wait, God's started working on patience with you? I know you. He needs to do a better job, right? And, but the reality is the, the amount that God has changed and given me more and more patience in my life, I notice 
how much more rewarding my life is. What an incredible gift that is. You see, in John 10.10, when Jesus is talking, he says, the thief, meaning Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that you might have life and have it abundantly. See, what happens is some people say, well, that means God wants to bless us financially. You know what? God may bless you financially. That's awesome. But that's not what that verse has anything to do with. Satan wants a life for us that's marked by our own selfishness, our own sin. Jesus has a life marked for us that's marked by the fruit of the Spirit. It's the gift that God blesses us with forever. And as we experience more of that in our life, we find that our life is more abundant. It's more full. We see God's blessings every day. And this, this morning, our sermon's going to be a little bit different than normal. It's going to be interactive. So every one of you should have gotten one of these. Cards. If you, didn't, if you didn't get one, I think we still have some. But what I'd like for you to do is take a couple minutes right now. And in the first column, as you open it up, it says, What God Gives Me. I want you to think about the ways that God has blessed you. Obviously, the ones we've talked about already. God has blessed us ultimately with the gift of his son, Jesus. But what are the other areas in which God is blessing you in your life? In light of uh, uh, John Wyman's announcement on the weekend to remember, gentlemen, highly suggest you write your wife as one of those blessings down. It'll earn you a lot of points. But what are the ways that God has blessed you in your life? Maybe it's in the areas of the fruit of the Spirit that you see Him working. Maybe it's something He's blessed you with an answer to prayer. But what are the things that God has given to you? Take just a couple moments right now and write some of those down. By the way, this is, this is yours. You're not turning this in. It's not for us. This is, this is for you to keep, so... We go back to our scripture. We start off with God's love, right? We know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for one another. Verse 17, if any one of you has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in you? You see what happens when we when we receive God's incredible gift of love, um, it overflows in our hearts and it changes us. We're filled with the fruit of the Spirit. And one of the things that happens is when we, we have God's love, we uh, develop and begin to have a love for his people. The people, the hu- other humans that he has created and made in his own image. And so we look around in the world, there's, there's, there's a song, um, it's a few years old, and it's, it says, called, Give Me Your Eyes. For just one second, give me your eyes so that I can see. Give me your eyes so that I can see everything, all these needs in humanity. And we look around the world and we see um, all of these different opportunities, these different needs. Bill Hybels is a pastor, or was the founding pastor at Willow Creek Community Church in Illinois, one of the largest churches in the country. And he describes it this way. He says, you know, God doesn't want us to be discontent, but one of the things that God does is he develops in each and every one of us what he refers to as a holy discontent. 
And what a holy discontent is, is, is when we look around the world as we're going through life and we see something and we look at it and we say, that's not right. I want to do something about that. I see a need. And God is going to use me to meet that need. That's a holy discontent. I can think of a lot of examples of that um, right here in our own church. In particular, you know, we talk about it a lot of times. We had it as an announcement today. The Oktoberfest is raising money for Freedom Challenge to fight human trafficking. The fact that there's still slavery rampant in the world today is an atrocity. And so, in particular, the women of our church have kind of taken this and said, we're going to do this. We're going to raise money. We're going to fight against this the very best that we can. So, in about a year from now, there's going to be a group of, of 40 women walking through Israel to raise money, to raise awareness, to fight this. So far, nine of the people signed up for that are from our church. They're going to raise $10,000 each they're committing to raise. $90,000 to help fight human trafficking. That's a big thing. That's awesome. Now maybe that's not the holy discontent on your heart though. Maybe, maybe you look in the world and you see something else. Maybe you say, you know what? I see this problem in our church that I'd like to fix. I'd like to help. That happened a couple years ago. When Julie Putnick came to us and said, you know what, I, th- I think there's this need for a women's ministry that God has put on my heart and in my mind. That wouldn't have occurred to me. And then she started the garden. And we got 60 to 80 women every month gathering together, worshiping, praising God. What an amazing, awesome thing. And we could keep going on. You know, we have, we have about... 450 kids at our school between the two campuses and most of them we find we found don't have a church home we don't have to go to Africa or Haiti or India to be missionaries we can do it on our own campus and so we we're thinking and praying and working for all different types of opportunities and ministries there's need right here And so when you look around, what are the needs that you see? What is the holy discontent that God has put on your heart? Because see, love requires that when we see something, we do something. When God fills us with his love, there's a requirement that if this love is real, that when we see something, we do something about it. And so what I'd like for you to do now is, is in that second column. And there's not right or wrong answers here, by the way. This is just what God puts on your heart, what you see. Where are their needs? When you look at our Advent community, when you look around Boca Raton or South Florida or, or, or the world, what, what do you see that are needs that God has put on your heart? So take a moment or two and jot some of those down. Verse 18 says this, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. You see, when we love in actions and in truth, that means using what God has blessed us with to bless others. 
ministry, those needs that we just jotted down, they require resources. God needs, God wants, he doesn't need, God wants to give us the blessing of using our time, our talents, our treasures to meet those needs. He wants to partner with us in this. In the verse that was part of the video, Malachi 3.10, he says, test me in this. Again, you can't outgive God. God is going to bless us. Again, not, not necessarily financially. You know, it's not like I'm going to come up here and beg and plead and then that way I can get my new jet. That would be nice. But that's not the way this works, right? The way this works is that when we give of ourselves, we give our money, our resources, our time, the ways that God has blessed us, he blesses us back in countless other ways. There's lots of uh, stories we could share about giving, but there's a couple that come to my mind. Uh, one is a story of a, a man named Hugh McClellan. Some of you may have heard of Hugh McClellan. He's, he's a very successful businessman in the Chattanooga area, and he's got a McClellan Foundation. They give tons of money away. And... Um, he had kind of set a goal that every year he wanted to give away five more percent of his income. And so he, he, was, he was doing pretty well at this. He'd gotten away up to giving away 70% of his income each year. And um, just as he had kind of got to this next level, the economy hit a downturn. And so his financial portfolio really took a hit. And, you know, things weren't looking great financially for him. And so he was actually interviewed in the um, Chattanooga Free Press. And they were writing this article and um, they asked him a question. They said, do you, do you wish that you had maybe held on to a little bit more of your resources so that you had a, a bigger safety net for a time of need? And I love his response. He said, no, exactly the opposite. He said, I wish I had given away more money when I had more to give. God will always meet my needs. What a blessing it is to have an attitude like that. That here's a man who sees need in an area and he says, God, this is how you've blessed me. This is what I'm going to do to give. Now, not all of us have the ability to do that, right? Not all of us can give away 70% of our income. But God calls all of us to give in different ways. In fact, the only giver in Scripture that's singled out as special is who? You know? You remember the story? Jesus singles out the widow who gives one mite, less than a penny, God wants to use our gifts, big and small, to meet needs at Advent and in the world. I'd like for you to take just a moment and look at our third thing here. As a sign of my gratitude for all God has given me to support my church as it serves the need of others, I commit to giving, fill in the blank, each week as my offering. This isn't a pressure thing. This isn't coming to us. This is simply between you and God. 
I think it's important that we're intentional about our giving. We don't give as an emotional response or, or what's left at the end of the month, but that we're intentional. We say, God, you've blessed me in these ways, and this is how I want you to use what you have blessed me with to meet some of these needs that you've put on my heart. So take a moment, fill that out. We are going to have a special uh, Sunday of giving. We've received a, a, a challenge gift. Not, not, a, not a matching gift, but a challenge gift. It's just someone to say, hey, above our regular offering, I'd like to see us try to raise an extra 25000 to meet some of these needs that we have, that we see. Reach some of these 450 families here at Advent. To start new ministries maybe that some of you have in your heart that we aren't even doing now. But how can God use our time, our talents, and our treasures to bless the people of Advent, the people of South Florida, and the world? Take a moment and fill that out now. This all starts with God's incredible love for us. God gave the ultimate act of giving, giving his son Jesus. Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice to us to reconcile us to God. And he says that's what we should do in return. That we say to God, God, here, here I am. Take my life. Use my time. Use my talents. Use the, the, the money that you have blessed me with to make your name famous, to serve the world. So if you would, stand, and we're going to sing together. Take my life and let it be Consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of Thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for Thee. Take my voice and let me sing always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be Filled with messages from Thee Take my silver and my gold Not a might would I withhold Take my intellect and use Every power that You choose here am I, all of me, take my 
myself and I will be ever only all for thee take myself and I will be 